Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. And now for something completely different. We have a new segment for you, In Defense Of. Ryan and I take underrated movies and shows we like, or things we don't like if we want a challenge, and try to give them our best defense, because the internet needs a little more positivity, right? To keep some variety, Ryan and I both pick movies, and we split the show down the middle. This time, Ryan chose Tron Legacy, and I chose, and I haven't told him this yet because I wanted to see his reaction live, Rocky V. Oh, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> oh, god damn it. <laughs> why, did I, why did I guess this? Oh my god. For those of you who don't know, we've talked about this behind the scenes of all the favorite Rocky movies. And which ones we hate. And the only one I hate is Rocky V. So this is going to be fun. Oh boy. Alrighty. From this extreme long shot, we zoom into our medium shot. We're going to do this a bit differently. So because of my film won't be discussed till later, we'll hold off on our usual backgrounds for that one. For now, share with us your background relationship to Tron Legacy. Well... I can't remember if I saw this in the theaters. It was just on TV one day. But I remember seeing it, and I thought, wow, this is really cool. I like the concept. I, li I like all of it. I like the visuals. I like the actors. Pretty sure the, the, the main actor for it, I had his name, Garrett Hedlund, who played Sam, basically was, at the time, planted by Hollywood to be this major star. Because he, he's been in a lot of major Hollywood pictures. And it just never took off for him for some reason. I think he's a brilliant actor. And so watching this movie, I thought, wow, this is really cool. Just liked all the visuals. And then someone told me, Ryan, this is a sequel. I said, what? <laughs> a sequel? Something that looks like this? And there's an original? So I went to watch that. And I was like, oh, this is like years ago. So it's been a while. 1982 or so. Yeah. So it's been a while since I've seen the first one. But Tron Legacy is the one that I watched first and I liked. And I know that is blasphemous to say because of how the visual effects were done in the 80s and how they're done now in like 2009 or whenever this movie came out. And I just thought the visual aesthetic and the story was done decently i had fun watching it as a young lad i have the video game that they, that they released in the legacy world that was worse i will admit but it was still fun to play so that's my take on it it's so meta that there's a video game about mm -hmm. a movie based on a video game designer's world yes i love that i don't remember where i first saw tron legacy I have a vague memory of seeing it on DVD, probably as a blockbuster rental soon after it came to home video. I can't recall being in the theater for this one. I had no prior relationship to Tron back in 2010. My parents never showed me the first one. Actually, I only watched it for the first time last night as prep for this. But Tron, Leg Tron Legacy always stuck with me for some reason. Not in a meaningful way, but its visual style imprinted on my brain. And I remember it as an awesome movie nobody ever talks about anymore. Is it? I don't know, but that's how I remembered it. Yes, it is. <laughs> so that brings us to our close-up. Let's do our best to defend this thing. Okay, so... You ever... You ever just, like, go and watch a movie, and you think, wow, this is cool? This Often. Is, this would be, be a fun world to be in. This is like Ready Player One without all the cameos. That's what I feel like this is. Mm -hmm. What really got me into this movie was... The the disc one on one competitions, I guess. Yes, what, yes. Those call that tournament, laser, those, the laser disc tournament, laser disc tournament, and the um, light cycle riding too. And the light—that's what I was getting to. The light cycle riding was great. I just loved the I loved the bright, the light aesthetic with the blue, especially with the bad guys. I know it's red in the original, but the orange just feet felt great. I think everything in this movie holds up. I I know it's probably not great in comparison to the original i but i just think this is a fun movie and it's during the reboot era of like the 2000s and i think maybe it wasn't done respectfully but i think this was still fun i think everything holds up 
except for the look on Jeff Bridges' face. Having just watched it last night, I will say the visuals are the major selling point of this movie. Having watched the first and second back-to-back yesterday, I can say that the first still looks great when people are just walking. It's a really cool and unique aesthetic, but the CGI bits that are clearly 100% CGI, now, they were obviously trailblazers for their time, but it is a lot more dated today. Whereas Tron Legacy, I'd say, the CGI is a lot more seamless. And I feel like there were quite a few practical effects in there as well. Mm -hmm. Because something about the aesthetic of this, it looks better than most CG heavy movies made today even, I'll argue. Most of the costumes and sets were real. Yeah, maybe because there were more blending of CGI and practical effects. Maybe because this was an era before studios were pumping out CGI heavy blockbusters three times a year. So they had more resources to dedicate to make this one as good as it could be at the time. Maybe, I don't know why it's so good, but the visuals are just amazing, except for Jeff Bridges' face, which I will say, even that is, well, yes, that's how he looks. This is his face. I'm not your father, Sam. But even that, I will say, looks fantastic when his face isn't moving. When it's a still image pretty well, or his face is intentionally stone cold, it still holds up it's a very convincing effect they just couldn't get Mm -hmm. the movement of the face quite right yet but even that i'd say is a trailblazer because the next best one i remember is michael douglas and ant-man was the next big leap forward in that technology because i think this was like one of the first ones to do a fully recreated cgi face if i can remember it may have been the first because this is the first time I remember it. I remember even back in 2010, people were talking about that all the time. Wow, they made Jeff Bridges look 30 years younger. That's insane. Yeah. It was kind of never seen before, at least so well. Uh-huh. And if to be fair, I know he's in the original as well, but like any time you get to watch Jeff Bridges act, it's a treat, especially older Jeff Bridges now. He's an amazing actor. If you ever watch Big Lebowski or True Grit, the remake, which is actually a pretty good remake. I have seen it, and I like that very much. But yeah, even with the... I didn't rewatch this movie for this because I've just seen it so much. But the names are escaping me. But Olivia Wilde's character, I think Quora. she... Cora, she does very well. She's very think, charismatic. I, I like the, how... Yeah. Yeah. She's very... I don't know how to describe her now that I'm actually talking, but she's, I seen naive thrown around, but I just, I like the way she presents herself. She's just very likable mm-hmm. in the movie, but also badass as well. And she just, she gets a lot of cool moments in it. Right. I think the story from what I can remember, the reason Sam goes in to the computers because he gets a message from what he thinks is his father. Yes. He's been disappeared for 20 years. 20 years or so. And the reason he disappeared is because Q? Is his name Q? The bad guy? Clue. Clue. My bad. Clue, who is a recreation of Jeff Bridges' character, basically committed, like, genocide on this this artificial intelligence that just just created itself inside the Tron world and just murdered them all because they thought they were too dangerous. I think or... it was because it was imperfection. Clue's whole motivation was because Jeff Bridges' character, Kevin Flynn, he created Clue because he couldn't always be in the grid world. So he mm-hmm. wanted an avatar of himself in the world yes. to basically run things while he's gone. And he gave Clue the mission to make this world as perfect as possible. But as Flynn admits later, he didn't really know what perfection was at the time. So Clue sort of became this manifestation of his worst self and his worst ideals of perfection. And because in this world, the grid exists where every character is a program, at least in the original Tron. I'm not so sure about Legacy, but every character there is a program made by somebody for something just personified. Whereas these ISOs were created, they basically created themselves, their intelligent life out of nowhere in this grid, which as Flynn says is miraculous. 
but in Clue's version of the perfect world, they're an aberration. They're not perfect because they were never supposed to be there. They're it's also partially because they're dangerous, I think, but it's just they're seen as an imperfection because they weren't. I think they're a danger to him. That's what it is, because they're vastly more intelligent than him, and he's he's threatened by that. That's what I took from it. I guess he like so, yeah, he commits like genocide on them, and then uh, Kevin Flynn goes into goes into hiding, which leaves the portal closed because there's only a certain amount of time where he can go in and then come out. I guess it's like a fail safe or whatever. Yeah, and so the portal closes. So he's been in there for twenty some odd years, and, and because the discs the... on the back gather all your information, he's got all the information from the real world too about how he designed this place and it's all the its secrets. Disc. Yes, and that's what Clue wants to get, mm. so and... he can have full control over the world. Maybe get into the real world as well. He goes into isolation make that perfect as well. Yeah. He goes into isolation for probably the nicest isolation house that you've ever seen in a film. Like for all the, yep. the the films where like the mentor failed or whatever, and they had to go into hiding, he's living in like a penthouse suite. Mm-hmm. He's living the best life he can without his family, but still, he's the creator. He can make whatever the heck he wants, do whatever he wants. So, and from then on, it's just a it's just a whole it's a whole chase to get to get to get Flynn to get the disc, because when Sam goes in, he opens up the portal, and I think. Kevin said, I never sent you any message. And now that you've opened it, Clue can now escape. Well, now both of them can escape. They realize so Clue was the one who sent the message. Mm -hmm. It's a whole race to the clock. And I just think it's fun. I like the aesthetic. I do wish there was more light cycle stuff. There was more... There is the, the, a scene where they're flying and there's those lasers and there's the beams of light again, which I think look so... Mwah, they look crisp. I just think this is a fun movie. It's not a perfect movie by any means, but you know what? It's just fun. Mm -hmm. It's good for what it's trying to be, which is mostly a special effects demo. Exactly. Which it succeeds in. It's a visually stunning movie. Compared to the first Tron, I want to bring up that I think this is a pretty good legacy sequel in the fact that the original characters were pretty well respected for the most part. Even though Kevin Flynn was sent into exile, and he's an older man now. He's pretty much still himself. He's a lot like he was before, just with a lot more wisdom. And I think got Alan a great had a beard. Yeah, and a great beard. I thought Alan had a pretty good role as well. The only thing I'll say is that I think they kind of they kind of disrespected Tron himself a little bit, which is yeah. Funny because the movie's called Tron Legacy. Tron was one of the main characters in the. Isn't he the hero? Isn't he like the hero in the lot in the original? The original is kind of weird because Tron is okay. So if you remember, in I don't know when the last time you saw Legacy was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember what happens to Tron. Okay, so in Legacy, okay, so the character Alan, who is Sam's surrogate father figure in the in the main world, one of the board members at Encom, the the older guy, right? Yeah, so yeah. in the original movie, he was a programmer at that company too, and he created the Tron program oh. to, so Tron was a character inside of the grid based on his image, so that they were played by the same actor. Okay. Tron was supposed to be the hero of this grid world, but in the original, Kevin Flynn went into the grid and the master control program was trying to enslave all the other programs. So Kevin, as a user, had special powers because he was a programmer. He wasn't just a program. So he had a lot of abilities in this world. So he helped Tron defeat the master control program. And then before Legacy, they rebuilt a new world together. Okay. And as you see in Legacy, Tron, Clue sort of took over Tron and turned him into a bad guy. And so Tron yeah. in this movie is called Rinsler. He's the main henchman, the guy with the two the two light discs who Sam fights multiple times. So he was still badass. He was still probably the most badass character in the movie. 
but it was a little disappointing how they handled Tron himself, but everybody else, all the other legacy characters that came back were pretty well respected, I thought, which yeah. is rare for these legacy sequels to do. So I respected that much. Yeah, that's the that's the one thing. <laughs> that's the one problem I have with the movie is that like there's no Tron. I mean, like he falls into the water and then his lights change from bad to good. But after that, it's just like it's just nothing because I think they were trying to set up sequels. But of course, you just assume he dies. But also when these programs die, they dematerialize. Yeah, we never saw that. And also, you don't know if he was programmed to swim. You don't know that. Yeah. And also in the original movie, the water is pretty much fuel for them. It gives Mm -hmm. them more energy. So maybe that's an Easter egg for fans of the original. I don't know. I think yeah. this movie is also kind of cool because it did the leg- the legacy sequel thing before legacy sequels were a thing. Not just reboots and remakes were a big thing at the time of around 2010 when it came out. Like you were saying, there was a lot of just a lot of those kind of movies coming out in 2010. Mm-hmm. But a sequel to a movie that came out 30 years before, that was still pretty rare back then. It's happening all the time nowadays because people... Because Hollywood realizes people want to pay more for continuations than for straight-up remakes to classics. Are we paid with our wallets? Learn that lesson. But, yeah, I just I gave it credit for being a trailblazer that way. Yes. They called it Tron Legacy as if people didn't really know what a legacy sequel was now. <laughs> Maybe in part, legacy sequels are because of Tron Legacy. Just yeah. the naming of them. Yeah, I just think it gets it gets most of the hate just from how different it looks and how the aesthetic. Because I think some people don't like the dark and edgy look, but you know we kind of grew up on that. And it's not one of your favorites, but it's one of my favorites. Just the whole aesthetic of it. Oh, I like and... the aesthetic of it. Great. I think it's a fantastic looking world, and I'd yeah. love to see them make a third one, even do something more different. Because the original is what people imagined a computer a world inside a computer would look like in 1982, the 2010 version, which is kind of nostalgic for me because that's what I imagined a computer world might look like back in 2010. Now it looks like the metaverse. Yeah. If they did a third one, it would probably be something also very unique and different. It would be like Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet, which is a terrible sequel. It's a terrible sequel. Don't waste your time. It's just a lot of like cameos. It's really what it is. I see. But I think it would be fantastic if they got to do a third one and bring this world back for a modern lens. Mm-hmm. See what it would look like in in the 2020s. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. I know a lot of people, I was reading up on this movie last night, and a lot of people thought Disney should have invested in Tron better because Tron was originally a Disney movie. And some people right. thought, well... If Disney put more money into this, they could have had a franchise to rival Star Wars. But instead, Tron Legacy didn't do as much as they wanted, so they just bought Star Wars. That's fair. So, if Disney... Disney should invest in their own franchise. It's an original Disney IP. Yeah. They're putting a lot of money into Star Wars and Marvel, but they had this cool thing just sitting around that they're not using, which is theirs. I think there's just been so much backlash with this movie that they're afraid to tackle it again because there's just original purists out there who... Yeah. I don't even know how much backlash this movie got because... It got a lot. Maybe it's because of people like us who... This was our first exposure to the Tron universe, and it was never one of my favorite movies, like I said, but I always remembered it. Yeah. Which is more than I can say for most random movies I saw in 2010 Mm -hmm. that I never saw the originals too. I had no nostalgia attached to it, but I always remembered it. And that's a, that's a great thing. And I think kids like us who grew up back then, we can be the guys to say, yeah, Tron was not as bad as original purists said it was. Give us more. I want to see more of this world because it's a really cool concept. Mm -hmm. This whole world existing inside the computers the grid they have their own society they have cool terms and a whole history and 
lore behind it and everything that spans decades. Apparently sure. there was also a cartoon, which I want to watch. Now. Yes, I remember. I do remember. Tron Uprising, I believe it was called. Yes. I think it's like anime based. I can't remember, but that sounds familiar. Only ran for about 20 episodes or so, but I heard yeah. good things. And now that I've seen the first two, I'm invested in this world. I want to see more. Mm -hmm. I don't know about the, the point that it could rival, uh, rival Star Wars. Cause that's, I mean, pretty, if they did it back pretty not big now, not now, back but in, if back they, in the day, but if they kept going with it back in 1982 mm. when it was still fresh. I did mention to you before the, how how much work it was to create this. This was to create in the 80s before this podcast started that they had to go in with like an X-Acto knife with each frame of film to get those suits to light up. So maybe that's what held them back. And they were like, let's just wait for it until the technology is there so we can do this properly. But I agree if they had maybe... If they kept it going, that was that was dedicated to do this. I don't know, but maybe it was just such a hat because I think the render for the light speed chase, though dated, took months, months on those old computers. It's probably also down to the fact that I don't think Disney was doing that well in the 80s. No, they no, were no, in no. between. They had their classic period in the 40s, 50s and 60s. Yeah. And then in the 70s and 80s, they kind of dipped off before getting mm -hmm. a resurgence in the 90s with with the Renaissance Disney. Yeah. With Aladdin and yeah, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. Other ones I'm blanking on right now, which is a shame because some 80s Disney films are actually pretty good. Lion King. That's 90s, but yeah. Yeah, just they had a lot in the 90s, but the 80s was kind of a dry period for Disney. They probably didn't have. I mean, nowadays, Disney has unlimited money to invest in something as expensive as Tron. But in 1982, oh, it was a gamble. Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out in the 80s. That's wild. Land Before Time is not Disney. Google, you failed me. Hmm. You bastard. Wait, is, isn't Who Framed Roger Rabbit technically universal? What is it? Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do-do-do. Obviously, it's multiple. Yeah, it's not. Oh, it is Disney. Sorry. Anyway, continue. Yeah, you've done half my job for me. Defending all this. So. Doing my best. But yeah, I thought it was just going to be like me defending it and you giving me counterpoints. But you've like, I guess since you watched it, you, you sort of liked it. So my job is already over. I'm trying. I don't really want to do the counterpoints thing for, for this one. You know, when we're mm. trying to convince each other to watch things, counterpoints are good. But this is about the positivity. We're trying to... Right, right. We're trying to find the good in as much as possible. God, and I can't believe you're going to make me try to do this with Rocky Five. Positivity, I say. Demand. <sighs> okay. All right. Still going on Tron for another, another bit, though, unless we're running out of things to say. But I got, we? I got a few more things. All right, go ahead. That Daft Punk soundtrack. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. For the time, it was great because that is in the middle of the 2000s or at the, right at the very end where Daft Punk and, you know, the, I, I hate to say it, but Screamo was coming into effect. So it was definitely uh, of the times type of music. So it's nostalgic for us. And... I think it sounds fantastic in the That's digital great. world, though, because it's very it's the electronic music, which makes so much sense in a Tron world. And once again, I'm not a music guy. I say it in many podcasts, but the music actually does stand out is a lot. It sticks in my mind a little more than most movies I watch. Right. Just as something to enhance the overall product. It doesn't feel like window dressing that I don't really notice. It just. It's really cool. And Daft Punk actually makes a cameo in the movie in one scene. Didn't realize it was them when I first saw it. I just thought it was cool aesthetic. And then years later, I saw them do like a cameo with Kanye West on stage. I was like, oh, that's the guys from Tron. But wait, it's actually Daft Punk. Hey, that's the guys from Tron. Wait a second. And then my friends and then my friends looked at me and went, you watch Tron? I said, yeah, I watch it a lot. It's a great, it's a great movie. I honestly, I just, I think it just got too much hate because of purists. And yeah, I feel bad for the main actor because he's obviously was 
a Hollywood plant sounds wrong, but he was obviously cast in a lot of Hollywood movies because they wanted him to become a star. He was in Troy. He was in he was in this. I have his filmography here. He was in da, 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 da. he was in Aragorn. He was in Pan at one point. Friday Night Lights. Like he was in he was in so much. They were trying to, and none of these movies are necessarily bad, but I guess they're just you know just okay. But he, he has some talent, and he's he's been able to show it, and I hope he gets at least more roles in the future. Yeah, you know what I think the main problem with this movie is? What? I think the problem is, back in 2010, like I said, legacy sequels were still a new thing. And that when we got this, like you were saying, the purists probably attacked it. And they said, well, well, it doesn't look like the original. It doesn't feel quite like the original that I grew up with 30 years ago. But you know what the thing is? There's a little thing called reevaluation. In the last 12 years, we've had a lot more legacy sequels. Most yeah. of them way, way worse than Tron Legacy. So I think a lot of those purists probably liked a lot of other things that have been done way worse. I'm sure those same purists, a lot of them were probably fans of Star Wars, for example. They take a look at the Star Wars sequels. I'm sure they were disappointed enough in those to say, you know what, Tron Legacy actually respected its source material a lot more in retrospect. Mm -hmm. If they wanted to go back and revisit Tron Legacy, it does. it's a way better continuation of the story than it was given credit for at the time. We've gotten so much crap since then. I think a lot more people can appreciate it if they just gave it another chance. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely a reaction of the time, but if you just look back on it, you're like, oh yeah, this was pretty good. Because there's a lot of movies like that, I find, where they may look bad compared to their contemporaries, mm -hmm. but when you see other kinds of movies come out since then, like, I don't really have any great examples here, but I really should have come prepared with some good examples that I didn't know I was going to make this Matrix point. Resurrections. Okay, I'll say, I'll say something like The Matrix then. Mary Poppins Returns. So let's say Matrix, the Matrix sequels. At the time in the early 2000s, a lot of people disliked the Matrix sequels mm -hmm. because they were not as tight as the original. They were just, they had some really cool ideas, but everyone knows they weren't as good as the originals. But you know what? In the last 20 years, the action movie genre has gone to crap. It's all CGI, heavy, weightless, doesn't feel good. It's, edited to crap it's all choppy and just action movies just generally look terrible they're directed terribly they they just come together badly so going back and looking at a 20 year old action movie like the matrix revolutions or matrix reloaded that people crapped on at the time well they look like action movie masterpieces nowadays when you compare it to the stuff we're getting yeah so i think yeah you know our are the Matrix sequels still objectively great? No. Is Tron Legacy objectively great? Probably not. But when you go back and compare it to what we're getting mostly nowadays, I think you can appreciate what they did right. Absolutely. And with the with some of the action stuff, it's definitely, I guess, of the times. And I think the worst you see it is in some Marvel movies, especially at the beginning of Captain America Civil War, where there's like one example is like Black Widow goes to like take down one person like to the ground and it's like five cuts. And it's definitely it's definitely of the time. And we're getting back to that sort of not one take, but like not as many takes of. Of like an action takedown whatsoever, it's the same with like the born Bourne movies like back in the day there were major cuts and people loved that and then when the newborn came and out shaky thinking, born was all about the shaky yeah. cam that's what that pioneered every movie after and then born had shaky cam and then born in like 2015 came out like the the legacy sequel which it still had that shaky cam but it was and ever and i remember watching this in the theater with my family because we grew up on the born series and we we're like oh my god this is bad like, this is really, really, really bad. It's just not as well handled. They're trying to do the same things, but it's just they miss what made the first ones good. Now, like you said, the action's starting to get a little bit better again. We got great franchises like John Wick that 
are going back to classic style action because and those movies do great because that's the action people want to see people are sick of computer generated imagery which was fun at first when it was a novelty but it's in so much nowadays that people want more real not that tron is what you're going to get for more real but it's a little more real than most of the stuff most of the action movies you get nowadays and it looks great still it still holds up visually Mm-hmm. looks amazing i'm re-watching the disc fight as we speak and it looks great <laughs> i love it i love all of it that's just that's all i have to say all the criticisms that i have are obviously the the uncanny valley of jeff bridges you know the de-aging to um, kind of disrespect tron himself just a disrespecting little disrespecting tron it is a bit of a chase at the end which can get a little boring but, you know, they did their best with what they had and tried to expand on the universe, and I think they did a decent job. Yeah. I think a lot of people aren't necessarily sold by the father-son relationship, but I think that'll hit depending on who you are. Yeah. What your relationship with your father is, and if you're at a certain point in your life, and you say, oh, my father was distant or not even there, and so I relate to this on a level. Mm-hmm. And he has two dads, technically. He's got two dads. I always thought Clue is more of a brother. Well, three if you count Alan. Alan, too. And I know they were trying to do the romance thing, but is Cora technically his sister? Or a, a niece? Because no. his father made the grid. The grid made her. No, 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 no. Let's not go there. Let's, let's not go there. Because the AI it, it created themselves. So, no. But they created no, no, no. themselves of the grid that... Kevin well, then technically, we're all related then, Joe. If God, cre- if God created all of us. You're on my family tree somewhere. If I stretch it out far enough. Extended, extended tree. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. so this meeting's running out. So do you want to wrap up the Tron and mm-hmm. go on to Rocky Five? <sighs> we'll be back. I don't have a fedora, but Rocky wears a... Oh, I see, I see. Okay, let's pull back out to our medium shot to discuss our backgrounds on Rocky... I'm just getting word it's pronounced Rocky V. Okay. (laughs) We'll save a more in-depth breakdown on a relationship to the Rocky franchise for later when we discuss it for longer. Once again, spoilers for Rocky Five Ahead, as well as all the other Rocky movies, likely. Also bound to be some... Minor spoilers for the Creed films, too. So, you want to talk about Rocky V? Why your background on it? Yeah, so I love the Rocky movies. I have a film collection here. It's a disc collection. It is all the classic Rocky movies before Rocky Balboa. Except for Rocky V. Because they knew to get rid of it. Put it in the trash? They put it in the trash. So I love the first four movies. Rocky Balboa is a great homage to that character when he's older. And Creed is a great, you know, passing the torch towards Michael B. Jordan's character. Rocky V is just... This franchise is strong, and it needs a sequel, and here's a idea. So let's do it. All right, done for me. Um, I also yeah. love the Rocky movies. I, uh, fine, I'll admit up front, Rocky V is my least favorite of this franchise, but it's not as bad as people say. So, let's get into defense of this thing. No, Ryan loves it. I hate it. He's Nope, he's got a smile on his face. He loves this. I'm smiling through the pain. He's so happy. Okay, so where to start... With Rocky Five, how about Tommy Gun? <laughs> Let's just rip off the bandaid. We're gonna get right into it. All right. What a stupid name, Tommy Gun. Positivity. <sighs> In defense. <laughs> I didn't say I would defend this. You said you would. I didn't tell him in advance. I sprung this on him. I'm it's doing my own my best. fault. I'm doing my best. All right, so I'm going to rip it off and say Tommy Gunn is a great dark parallel to Rocky. Shows what happens when fame and the wrong management turn promising athletes into puppets. It's more about money than the love of sport. 
there are a lot of athletes like Tommy Gunn out there who they showed promise. And but Rocky was lucky enough to get a guy like Mickey who saw his potential, but trained him to be a good athlete and a good person, helped him in every way he could. Whereas these managers in Rocky Five, they're more they're more looking at Tommy as a commodity. They don't care about him as a person. They don't care what the fame and fortune will do to him. They don't set him up for success at all, except in the ring, because it makes them money. It's about the corporatization of sports, less about the athleticism and the eye of the tiger, the thrill of the fight. Rocky Five is about the greed of the sports industry. Fun. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. Okay. So branching off of that, I think it's also interesting to note that Rocky, this is Rocky's chance to be a mentor in the original series anyway, before Creed. And he fails at it. He really wants to be as good to Tommy as Mick was for him. But he just isn't as good a teacher. He can't give Tommy what he needs. So I think that's interesting for Rocky to give his first shot at teaching and be a failure at it. He's really got his heart in it. He's really trying his best, but just some people just don't. You just, he's trying to mold Tommy into how he was. He's not just trying to be Mick. He's trying to make Tommy into him. He doesn't respect Tommy as his own person. And because of this, Tommy gets swept up by the money and the fame and the other promoters. Rocky also makes the same mistakes with his son, Robert, who, not that he wants Robert to be like him. If anything, he wants Robert to not be like him because he doesn't want Robert getting into fights or anything like that. But because he sees so much of Tommy in him, he ends up neglecting his son, Robert which whether you like it or not is a very important plot point for Rocky all the way up to Creed two is his tense relationship with his son. And it started here. Mm -hmm. Who was played by his actual son at the time in Rocky five, who sadly has passed away since. Oh, his son died. Yeah. He died from like a drug overdose. Oh man. When he was 21. I didn't know that. Yeah. That sucks. So, I also think it's feel free to chime in anytime I'm, I'm breezing through my points here. They lose their house because Paulie's an idiot because Paulie gave the, their account to some lawyer or whatever who like invested in like house and real estate and then didn't pay the taxes for six years. So now they're broke. And so now Rocky wants to go in, and fight or needs to go and fight to pay stuff off, but he goes to the doctor and realizes he's got like he's got a certain injury, I believe, is a cavium septum palcudium, whatever that means. It means something's messed up, so he can't he can't fight, so he retires from boxing, and he goes over to Mickey's Gold Gym. It's in despair. He has a great, the only good scene in this movie. <laughs> he's got a good flashback with Mickey Gold. And later on, they meet a young fighter by the name of Tommy Gunn. Now, I like that they lost their money in this one, because that's also realistic to how a lot of famous athletes are. They ride on top of the world, and they don't know how to use their money. It's a real problem with professional athletes. They make all these millions, but nobody ever teaches them how to invest it or how to spend it wisely and a lot of them end up broke way sooner than you think they would as millionaires yeah it's true however i don't understand why rocky doesn't just murder Polly right after this <laughs> like Polly's just done so so bad like i'm sure it's also realistic for the family members of these people to mismanage their funds for them mm-hmm there's a thing with uh, with Dane Cook, who was a comedian, a very famous comedian in the 2000s. And the reason he was gone for so long 
is because his brother actually stole like a million dollars from him, like secretly. His brother managed his accounts and throughout all the years just kept stealing money from him, his own brother. Wow. Which is just fucked. So this is not, so there is a lot of reality based on this in the entertainment industry or sports industry. Just, you can't trust some people. But what I also like about them losing money, no robot. They went back to basics. A robot that Polly probably had sex with? Probably. (laughs) So they went back to basics. They went back to the underdog groundedness, back on the streets of Philly. You know, he's not this untouchable legend anymore. He's just a dude trying to do his best. But he stopped the Cold War, Joe. You can't just go back to Philly after stopping the Cold War. I like that, though, because I think a lot of modern movies make the same mistake. They always think that they need to one-up the last thing, Mm. when really... Sometimes you just can't one-up Endgame, Marvel. I'm sorry. You go into the multiverse, there, there's a point of diminishing returns. Sometimes it's better to just admit you can't go any further and go back to basics, which Rocky Six did more successfully than Rocky Five. but I'm glad Rocky Five knew that going bigger would be a mistake. Yeah. Well, how do you go bigger than stopping the Cold War? Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the peak. That's peak. That's peak in the 80s. Yeah. Even the Stranger Things cast can't do that yet. No. Rocky did it once with a speech. Yes. If I can change, and you can change, anybody can change. Everybody can change. An American stopped the Cold War. Okay. Of course. Because the Russians are the aggressors. Traditionally in media. Mm Mm-hmm. So another thing I think is realistic is the consequences of all the years of Boxing have taken their toll. Like you said, he's got an injury where Mm -hmm. he can't box again. And that's another thing. Athletes deal with this stuff years after the fact all the time. Serious concussions or injuries that didn't seem so impactful at the time. It hits them way harder later in life. And I think it's great that the film addresses this. Look what happened to Muhammad Ali. Yeah. He had a severe form. I think it was Parkinson's. Yeah. By the end of his life and he couldn't speak, he, there's, a, there's a clip of him at the Olympics when he's older and he's lighting the torch at the Olympics and he's just shaking and he's just, you can see the toll it's taken on him. But even later in life, he's just like, lost, of course, he's like lost all his muscle. He's so frail and all that. But yeah, it's definitely, it takes the toll on, um, on these athletes over the years. Mm-hmm. And another thing, he's kind of dealing with PTSD from his fight with Drago as well. Which I would too. Which if you if you saw Rocky Four, you understand. Yeah, we've seen him deal with PTSD before. He had PTSD from his fight with Clever Lang the first time he got his ass kicked in Rocky Three. Up into the fool. Yeah, but his fight with Drago that makes sense too. I I I'd have it after fighting the big scary Russian too and ending the Cold War. That's a lot of trauma mm-hmm. in that movie that he goes through. So really, before going even further on stuff what i liked about rocky five is that it tried to show the realities behind being a washed up sports legend it's not like you know rocky six is a is a better continuation where he tries to get back into the ring as an older man just to prove he can still do it that's a that's a good story but i just appreciate that rocky five had the guts to show how unglamorous life is like for former sports stars in mm-hmm. many ways. You have to deal with the injuries. You have to deal with your finances being all washed up. You have to deal with, well, once again, after ending the Cold War, where do you go? Back on the street, did my time, took my chances, and that's it. Is this the movie where he opens a diner, or is that the next one? That's the next one, I think. Mm-hmm. I think he, he may start the diner. At the end of this one, I don't remember Maybe at the end. I just remember that diner is like iconic now, even though it like comes in like so late in the series. That one's called Adrian's, right? Yeah. I have to assume it was later because looks like a nice diner. Because another note that I have here is this was the last appearance of Talia Shire as Adrian mm. in this movie, which is, I think is another plus. Get to see her one last time because Adrian's dead by the time of Rocky Six, so I have to assume he made Adrian's in her memory. So I assume he wouldn't have had the 
diner in Rocky Five, but yeah, I don't think he did. Yeah, I just thought it just it just came to mind. Yeah, he was still kind of figuring things out here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you got anything to add here? I'm um, just the uh, Rocky sees a lot of himself in Tommy Gun and unintentionally kind of neglect his own son when trying to t- train Tommy. Robert gets jealous, which is a great trope. I mean, positive, which would happen in real life. And he falls in with like the wrong crowd. I'm I'm reading the Wikipedia summary right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because uh, I haven't seen this film. I've only seen it once. I haven't seen this film in a long time. It's been a couple it's, years for me. So there's, just, there's been that conflict between him and Rocky and Tommy Gunn. And then somewhere throughout the movie, I think Robert gets in trouble. And then Rocky goes and bees with his son, his actual son. And there's some conflict that happens with, with him and Tommy. And Tommy's with like at his final fight. Right, the to get the championship and Rocky's not there. I think I can't remember if he fires him or if he quits. I can't remember. I think he fired Rocky for the other promoter. For the other promoter, yeah, that's what it was. Because Rocky, Rocky was too back to basics, too hard on him. He wanted the easy road. He yeah. wanted the guy who treats him well, makes him a lot of money, but doesn't really care about him, which he yeah. doesn't realize till it's too late. And then everybody when he wins the fight he like gives all the credit to his other promoter and all the f- fans hate him because they think it's not He's a, a real, it's not a real fight because Kane's not that great. He didn't win the title from Balboa. So he just got the title just because Balboa Rocky retired. retired. And so they don't think Tommy really earned anything. And that leads to the most ridiculous fun. Fun confrontations. Of I'll all defend this. I just want to. I just want to jump in here and say that going back to my first point about him being a dark parallel to Rocky, I think that's also a good callback to Rocky Three, where he found out Mick was setting him up with weaker opponents just so that he wouldn't yes. get hurt in the ring. And Rocky gets pissed at that in Rocky Three because he's a fighter at heart. He wants the challenge. He doesn't yes. want to be the champ if he didn't earn it. But Tommy Gunn is more than happy to take credit for a fight that he easily could have won. He's just, he takes the easy road at every point and he shows no remorse for it. It shows his lack of character, which makes Rocky's character even stronger in retrospect because we saw Rocky handle a similar situation and he had integrity about it. Mm-hmm. A small critique is just, this is small because it's obviously just written for the movie. But you don't go and look for another fight after you've just trained so hard to win a, like a heavyweight championship. There's got to be like a rest period for that. But other than that, it, it is just it's just a movie. So, and oh, it's like he was hot, he's hot headed. He's kind of dumb headed, too. Yeah. And the worst thing, this is more just on the character. He goes to challenge Rocky for a for like a title fight. Rocky declines. And Tommy just throwing insults at him. But Polly's Polly's the guy, right? Polly's his bro. Even though he's lost him millions of dollars, he's like, I got your back, man. Don't worry, I, I got your back. And I guess Tommy like punches Polly. And that's a no. That's a no. You don't hurt Polly. Only I hurt Polly. Only I hurt Polly when he's being mean to Adrian. And so Rocky says, you know what? Let's fight right here. And Tommy being hothead's like, yeah, I'll do it. And you don't get in a street fight with a fucking guy from Philly. You don't do that. This is a guy who was an enforcer for Lone Sharks in the first movie. I don't know yeah. if Tommy knew that, but Rocky is the leg breaker. He's mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be. A, he didn't want to be a Lone Shark either because he was so like so intimidating too, and he would beat up on little people. But you know, they get into the street fight. It is a long street fight. I will say probably the I just longest street that fight scene earlier. I've ever seen in my life. And the promoters there. The most street fights take place between two professional fighters. Yes, that's true. That's fair. These um, people are both skilled. They're heavyweight champion. Yeah. So. Although Tommy's outclassed because he knows boxing, but he doesn't really know fighting. Evidently, Rocky's 
scrappier. He takes Hulk. dirtier moves. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, yeah, Rocky's winning, and then Tommy, he gets dirty. Gets dirty with it, attacks him from behind. But then the voice of Mickey, he hears it to get Mickey up. He loves you. Get up, kid! I ain't hear no bell! And then Rocky uh, beats his ass. And I guess it's televised because there's a reporter there, and they see that Rocky is indeed still the champion. Um, I think the way he knocks him out is like he hits him onto a car. Yeah, that's how he knocks him out. Because like this is the streets. I also like how he punches out the promoter at the end. Rocky does. I think so. It's like we were talking about in our Stranger Things. The the annoying yeah. guy gets what's coming to him at the end. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it in a while, but I think he doesn't he lift him up and throw him onto a car. I think just my problem with this is Touch just, me and I'll sue. Yeah. I think just my problem with this movie as a whole is just like a just nothing really happens in terms of like Rocky's story besides going downwards. And I under and you make great points about like that's a good way to take his story. But it's just kinda of, it is just one of those stories where it's just like meh. Could it have been executed better? No. I'm not here to say Rocky Five is a great movie. I'm I'm just defending it here from because i think it's undeservedly critiqued i don't think it's as bad as people say it is does it have problems yes but it's also better than people give it credit for because it does do a lot right it has a lot of really interesting points like i said about how this is what things are like for athletes after they're washed up this is the downward spiral and i think that's a really cool story after having seen rocky this is 1995, so Rocky had been fighting in the ring for 18 years at this point in his life. Jesus. These movies had been coming out for 20 years, so I think they needed to do something different. And that's also yeah. why I'm going to defend the street fight at the end, too. Because I know a lot of people wanted to see things in the ring, but I think, once again, switch up the formula. We've seen four movies of him in the ring already, and then in the sixth one as well. I like the street fight because it's something different. When you're watching the Rocky movies, it feels slightly disconnected, sure, but it's also, okay, we're seeing something else. We're seeing a different side of his fighting style. We're seeing him fight a little dirty. Mm -hmm. We're not, you know, the whole movie is still about boxing. It's just through Tommy Gunn. We've seen Rocky box for four movies already. Why do we want to see the same thing in every single movie? I know it's not part of the formula, but sometimes breaking formula is a good thing, if only to stay fresh. Not everyone's going to like that, and that's fine if you don't. You're entitled to your opinion. But I like that it brings something different to the franchise. Now that I think about it, it's less like terrible. It's more like it's just there. You know what I mean? It's like one of those movies in those franchises like where where it's there. Like most of the Fast and Furious movies. (laughs) Yeah. I watched I watched the first Fast and Furious movie like recently with my brother for the first time. It is a classic 2000s movie. Just I haven't seen classic. any of those movies. Not a single one. You can skip them all. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I've heard some are good, but... Yeah, so that's my thing about Rocky franchise. I don't think there's any bad movies in this franchise. I don't think Rock- Rocky Five is not as good as the other ones, but I don't think it's an outright bad movie. The reason I picked this movie in the first place was because I just scrolled through my IMDb watch list and it just happened to be near the bottom. And I'm like, no, this movie is not bad enough to be at the bottom of my watch list in terms of IMDb rankings. That's it's not it does not deserve the hate it gets. It's not great. How would you rank the Rocky movies, though? Well, like I said, five is still my least favorite. Mm -hmm. I'm not. You know, I'm defending it, but I'm not blind to its flaws. Let me see if I here keep just stay with me here. So it's Rocky Five, and for me, I like I really like the Creed movies. I'm not counting the Creed in those. Oh, so we're just doing Rocky right now? If I had to put in the Creeds, I'd have to think way harder. Okay, okay. You're just counting them as their own thing. That's fair. Yeah. If we did put in the Creeds, I feel like we'd be dis- disrespecting the Rocky movies. So for me, it'd be like Rocky Five. Rocky, oh man, this is tough. Rocky 5, Rocky 2, 
Yeah, two is probably my second least favorite. It's fine. Two's two's a two's a pretty good movie, especially with um with uh Apollo Creed, because he's got he gets new motivation, but it is just a retread of the original. And then I think it'd be Rocky Five, Rocky Two. I'd say probably Rocky Rocky Three after three, that. Three, I'd say. Balboa, four, and then one. I like Balboa better than four. Now I will say four. Four is kind of a movie a lot of people love or hate. A lot of yeah. people love it because it went it's it's pure 80s cheese. He ended the cool. I war. love it. But a lot of people also hate it for that exact same reason is it strayed very far from what the original was. Rocky and Rocky Balboa are my two favorite ones because they're kind of the parallel stories. He's the underdog who never really should have had a chance who and I love that at the end of both of those movies, he doesn't win the fight, but that's not the point. The point is that he went the distance. Yeah. And when nobody thought he could. So to me, Rocky 1 and 6 are the two most inspiring stories. They make me the most roused. So Rocky 1 and 6, they get me. Then Rocky... F- I don't know where I rank. I'm kind of back and forth between 3 and 4 always, to be honest. I would say 4 is... Because I, I personally like the... 80s cheese, or I would say uh, 4 is better. But the story of 3 is pretty good. I think the story of 3 is better, but 4 is rousing in a way that I can't deny, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if we're just talking pure script writing craft here, 3 yeah. is a more compelling story about his PTSD and having to get the will to fight back and Apollo training him. There's a lot of interesting stuff there. 4 is mostly just a series of montages leading up to one of the best fights in movie history. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, there's like four montages in that movie. It's so good, and it looks like and it looks like the Russian doping scandal is happening at, with Drago, like at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's got like all this tech stuff and all that. I also love how they handle Drago in Creed too. That was a great. There's a deleted scene where they fight, where Rocky and Drago fight at a like a car dealership or something. Oh yeah. It's really it, there's a there's a reason why they cut it. I didn't need to see that. I appreciated Creed two for what it was. I'm a big fan of Creed two. I thought it paid great homage to Rocky four. I thought Creed two was better than Creed one. Then I rewatched Creed one. I was like, no, <laughs> they're both great. I have to rewatch the Creed movies. I've seen the first Creed movie a couple of times, but I only yeah. saw Creed two once in theaters. I saw. I think I see. I think I saw both in theaters. And I really liked Creed two because I just liked the. Uh, I like the. I think the acting was done very well with the, um, with with a uh, Drago's kid. Yeah. There's like there's one scene where like Drago is like being friendly to like the people that exiled him or whatever, and the son the son just straight up leaves. He goes, "What are you doing? Like these people exiled you, and now we're just gonna pretend like nothing happened. We're gonna like, kiss their asses." Like, like that to me was like good motivation. And then even at the end, no, I think that's a deleted scene as well, where. Creed beats, spoiler alert, Creed beats Drago's kid, Drago's kid, and they're in the dressing room, and Drago's got, like, his head down or whatever, and Creed goes and sits beside him and gives, like, this great speech. I can't remember the speech, because obviously it's a deleted scene, but it's, like, a good scene, and then that brings... It's a great end to the fight, too, where it's like Drago, he wants to keep fighting, but like his dad's like, no, he'll, he's going to die if he keeps going. And like, it's okay to just lay down and lose. So I love the Creed movies. Even after his whole life was ruined by mm-hmm. losing. Yeah, I love, I love when they, it's different music, of course, but when they put in the original theme for in the first Creed movie, and then I loved it more when they did it in the second one where he first knocks him down. It's like, da-na-na. I was like, oh, this tear-jerking moments. We're talking about legacy sequels done right. The Creed movies are some mm-hmm. of the best that legacy sequels have to offer. I can't think of a bad legacy sequel, to be honest, off the top of my head. I just looked at a list. And I said it earlier. I think the problem is, now, of course, Star Wars is the first one that comes to mind for me, but most of the ones... Oh, Jurassic World. I like the first one. It's okay. I'm going to try to see the second one tonight. Third one. Third one. Oh, is that coming out tonight? Yeah, or yesterday it came out. Mm. 
Yeah, there's see the problem oh, is yeah. most of these legacy sequels that come out, they fly under the radar. They just bomb and people forget about them. Independence Day, yeah. Yeah, Independence Day is another one everyone forgets about. Oh my god, I just I just see a still, a still of Ghostbusters Afterlife and it's all the original actors. My god. They they're so old. I feel bad for them. Uh, was another one Dumb and Terminator, Dumber got one Terminator Term- Dark Fate every Terminator sequel. Jumanji was actually kind of fun. That was more of a reboot. I think it was a continue. No, it was continued because it's the same world technically. But none of the originals came back, did they? It was all new characters. Um, they were at the hideout of the original guy. Oh, okay. Like Robin Williams' character. So that's their tie-in. Right. Yeah. Okay, we should probably wrap this up now. All right. Rocky Five and Tron Legacy are both better than people give them credit for. Perfect movies? No. But re-examine them if you haven't watched them in a while is what we ask. Absolutely. Let's plug our socials here. Well, you can find me at Ryan Walker Official on TikTok and on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Thoughtplane Media and our Facebook page at the same name. Find further film discussion and entertainment reviews on thoughtplane.ca forward slash articles. And if you'd be so kind, you can support Thoughtplane Media on Patreon, link down below. Also, be sure to leave us comments and reviews as that's a big help. And how about clicking that like button if you enjoyed this? We hope to see you in the next close up with Ryan and Joe. Till next time.